0: Brilliant. Well, happy new year, everybody. As what often happens when I start speaking, a whole bunch of people get up and walk out. Uh, but bye-bye, 242. Have a great rest of the morning. Hey, um, really, really glad that you're joining us for this uh, brand new series. And if you're watching online, so grateful that you're choosing to do that too. As we look at this, um, this theme of fake God. I think it was just um, a few minutes or a few hours into uh, our new year when the president of uh, the United States of America, Mr. Donald Trump, uh, tweeted this. This is what he sent out. He says, happy new year to everyone, including the haters and the fake news media. 2019 will be a fantastic year for those not suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. Just calm down and enjoy the ride. Great things are happening for our country. There, don't we all feel at ease now? (laughs) (laughs) Fake news. Well, um, the use of of the phrase was actually, um, it preceded Trump. in, In 2017, it was the word or the phrase of the year. And since, basically, it's dominated people's conversations when it comes to politics and the media. Fake news is used to kind of sensationalize stories, it's used to knock or um, put down uh, certain people, uh, and it spreads distrust and confusion. And Trump, Donald Trump, popularized the term when he used it during his campaign and uh, after the election for whenever anyone uh, did any negative press against him, basically just called it fake news. And whether it's um, political promises that you find on the side of a bus, or shocking headlines in the tabloids, or just weird stuff coming out on Twitter, fake news has caused lots of people to seriously consider where they should get their information from. And certainly when it comes to the media, the distrust has increased so much um, over the years. A study showed last year um, that uh, trust in the media in general in the UK was at 32%, which means that if my math is correct, 68% of people don't trust the media. And some of the reasons that came up was um, it was biased reporting, it was holding hidden agendas, it was mistrust, as well as appearing too depressing. So are we feeling happy? <laughs> so it turns out that when people don't know what to believe, people just tend to step away from belief altogether. And when it comes to faith, this is so very true. Sadly, so many people who would have claimed to have believed in God would now no longer say that they believed and they've stepped away from church and they've stepped away from faith. And God for them has become fake news. Why? Well, it's for so many reasons. People give up on church and give up on faith for so many reasons. Sometimes it's because of a fallout with someone at church. And so in leaving the church environment after a while, they just find that they don't believe it at all anymore. Some people leave because they feel judged or they don't feel supported in life as they had hoped for. Some people are distracted by other things. They meet someone uh, and so um, their, their focus goes on that person rather than on being part of a faith community. And after a while, they suddenly realize that they don't believe anymore. And actually, for an awful lot of people, people give up on believing in God because they experience a sense of disappointment that what was offered didn't materialize. So I thought God was supposed to answer prayer, so why didn't he answer mine? I thought God was supposed to sort out my problems, but he hasn't. I thought God was supposed to be loving, so why did he allow that to happen? And so all of these different kind of reasons can result in people saying, well, I used to believe, but I don't believe now. I've stepped away from faith. I've stepped away from believing. And so what we want to do through this series, and this series is based on a brilliant Andy Stanley series called Who Needs God? What we want to do is just to unpack some of the reasons why perhaps you have questioned whether you want to carry on and maybe coming to church in January 2019 is like your last bet of saying, well, I'll give it one more go. Maybe that's why you're watching online because you can't even face coming to church. So you're just going to watch it online. We want to unpack some of those reasons. And I also want to dare to suggest that perhaps the God that you have believed in is in fact worth disbelieving because he's not the real God. That actually you've got caught up into a fake God belief that actually needs to be let go of. Do you know what? Since 1851... Records show that there's been this steady decline in church attendance in the UK. A study back in September showed that 2% of people in the UK would identify with the Church of England, that 53% of Britons um, uh, would identify themselves as non-religious. So whenever they come to fill in those um, those, uh, surveys uh, where it's just got none, that's the box that they tick. And the stats of, those, um, uh, of all of that comes down very heavily towards the younger generation in saying, I don't want to be associated with any kind of faith or denomination. And it's not really that people are becoming atheists. It's, it's not that suddenly they're saying, I don't believe in God, I am an atheist, and I'm going to live an atheistic life. What they're doing is basically just saying, I, I don't want to be associated with any kind of religious belief. And it's not surprising, really, because in one sense, we have a church that fails to move with the times, and we have a God who fails to match up for what we've been taught as children, that God's good, that he answers prayer. So why do bad things happen, and why doesn't he answer my prayer? And on the other hand, people are not choosing modern or new atheism. Because the concept of a creatorless God or universe where everything is reduced to chemistry, to biology and to physics is just unsettling because it means there is no purpose in life. And how do you and I get through life when we have no purpose? And so people get stuck between the I don't believe in God, but I don't choose to go down this route of, of believing there is nothing. Richard Dawkins, who's famed for the book The God Delusion, he puts it like this. He says, we are all atheists about most of the gods that humanity has ever believed in. Some of us just go, one God further. In other words, what he's saying is is that throughout the history of time, people have believed in a God for a while and then they have chosen to not believe in a God. And he's saying you go one step further to not believe in any God. That's the position that he stands in. So just thinking about that, in the past, people have worshipped God, the the son. So how many of us are still doing that today? Well, we might do on holiday But, I mean, other than that, we don't view the sun as being a god. The Greeks um, uh, would have had Zeus to worship. Uh, The Romans would have had Jupiter to worship. And so we've moved on. We've stopped believing in those gods. And maybe for you, maybe for you, you have grown up within a religious environment. Maybe you were sent to Sunday school Uh, and that you've grown up and you've experienced faith as a child. But as you've grown up and you start asking adult questions of your childhood faith, suddenly the answers don't make sense. You've asked some facts-based questions and were given faith-based answers which didn't suffice because it's not what you were looking for. A lady called... um, Karen Armstrong, she uh, was a Catholic nun and she left um, the church and uh, she would call herself an N-O-N-E now, that kind of nun, no religious affiliation. She wrote this in a book called The Case for God. She said, many of us have been left stranded with an incoherent concept of God. We learn about God at the same time as we're told about Santa Claus. But while our understanding of Santa Claus phenomenon evolved and matured, our theology remained somewhat infantile. Not surprisingly, when we attained intellectual maturity, many of us rejected the God we'd inherited and denied that he existed. Very insightful. So here's the deal. People step away from Christianity and when they do, they normally step away from a version of God that never existed. See, I find it really interesting that um, uh, I, when I get to meet new people, very quickly, the conversation comes around to, what do you do for a living? And I always kind of take a deep breath and I go for it and I say, well, I, I'm involved in leading a church. And it's fascinating just watching people's responses, because on the whole, nearly always people don't know what to say next. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Or you must like people. Or, do you know I mean? They, they, and then very often the conversation will move on right away from that. Sometimes in those conversations, people will say, oh, do you know, I used to go to church. I, I grew up going to Sunday school. Uh, and they, but then I kind of, uh, I gave all of that. I, I'm not religious. I, I don't go with all of that anymore. And when you find out why not, I've discovered that I don't believe in the God that they've stopped believing in either. Because I don't believe in a gay hating God or a Muslim-hating God, or a guilt-inflicting God, or a tsunami-judging kind of God. I don't believe in those gods either. And so what I want us to do just this morning over these next few minutes is just to look at some fake gods that you and I might have picked up on as we've gone through church or as a child or we've heard other people say. And I want to I want to do some disbelieving in gods today. (laughs) Is that all right? I know it's slightly unusual, but that's what I want us to be thinking uh, about today. You see, believing fake gods is not a new thing. Right back in the early days of the church, a man called Paul wrote to his apprentice Timothy with these words that you can find in the New Testament. He says this, For a time is coming where people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and they'll look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They'll reject the truth and chase after myths. In other words, there are gods that we might have fallen into believing because on the outside, it's what we want to hear. It sounds really, really nice. But in reality, they're myths. So when we go through life and we hit all kinds of things in life, suddenly those kind of myth gods don't hold up any longer. And so we step away from all belief. So I want to highlight five fake gods this morning. The first one is this. Just called it Bodyguard God. Did anyone watch The Bodyguard on BBC last year? Yeah, okay, a number of you did. Okay, David Budd, who was the, um, uh, the policeman, was there to look after the Home Secretary, Julia Montague. He didn't do very well at it, but um, he, he was, in fact, the bodyguard. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever doubted God or given up on God Because some painful, bad stuff happened in your life and you questioned why God didn't stop it from happening. Do you know someone who's no longer at church because something bad happened in their life and they said, how could God allow that to happen? How can I believe in a God that would allow that to happen? Do you know what? I do hear that a lot. It's not always a personal experience. Sometimes it's just people looking at the world and they're seeing such horrible stuff going on in our world. And they say, how can I believe in a God if all of this lot is happening in our world? Why doesn't God step in and sort it? If I was God, I would do that. Well, do you know what? If you've ever thought that, it's because you've believed in a bodyguard God. You see, the bodyguard God doesn't allow bad things to happen to good people. And maybe you were taught at some point, whether it was in Sunday school when you were a child or someone has talked with you, that God will take care of you and God doesn't allow bad things to happen to good people. And as you've gone through life, bad stuff has happened to you. And all of a sudden, this God who's supposed to be protecting me is no longer doing it. We've sung You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. We sang it lots. In fact, Finn made us sing it again and again. You're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. And yet how many of us have felt let down by God? When stuff has happened and you thought, come on God, you should have sorted that. The reason why we feel let down is because of this. Because we believe in a bodyguard God that should protect us from bad stuff happening. I want to tell you this morning, there is no such thing as the bodyguard God. Because bad things do happen and will happen to good people all the time. And this is a big deal. I know it is. Because it's very emotional. All of us have had bad stuff happen to us, and we're going to explore this because this is such a big deal. In two weeks' time, we're going to spend the whole of our morning focusing on this whole issue of why do bad things happen to good people? Why doesn't God step in? So it's an emotional, but actually, rationally, if you just think about it, I don't know anyone who's ever made the argument that a good God would not allow bad things to happen to good people. And since bad things never happen to good people, there must be a God. Have you ever heard that argument It's certainly never an argument when it comes to the Christian faith and the Christian God. So consequently, it doesn't make sense when we turn that around and we hold bad things happening to good people against God to say, I don't believe there is a God. It would be like someone declaring he doesn't believe in the iPhone as a creator because there are so many broken iPhones in the world. Of course we don't. Pain is not a rational reason to not believe in God. It's an emotional reason, and I get that. But it's not a rational reason. Christianity, if you think about it, Christianity would have fallen at the very first hurdle if Christianity believed in the bodyguard God. Because the key person of the Christian faith, who I think was very good, had an awful lot of bad stuff happen to him. All the church leaders... In those early days of when the church was founding, all of them were either crucified, they they were burnt in tar, they were set light, they were killed by the sword. I tell you, if you've believed in the bodyguard God, can I say, quit, don't don't believe in that God anymore, because that God does not exist. So that's number one. You feeling cheerful? Cheerful. Okay, let's go on to number two. Uh, Honestly, uh, um, we're going through these because these are real, real blockers for people. There was a time, this is the next one. There was a time when you had to watch TV, when the program came on TV uh, do you remember that? And so you'd have to go, wait, Wednesday, till the following Wednesday to get the next episode. And of course, today, uh, there's this thing called On Demand. Uh, and so basically, you can watch, tele, um, uh, watch what you want, when you want, for however long that you want. Hence, you have these Netflix binges that people have, and they'll go through Christmas, and they've watched 27 hours of a, of a series, you know? I watched Killing Eve. Did anyone watch Killing Eve? And that came on. I saw the first program on TV. I loved it. I thought that it, was, it was such a good, it had a kind of a quirky, it was all about murder, but it was, it was quite a quirky um, uh, kind of program. And so um, I, I just binged watched the, the rest of it. And then I thought, are they only on to episode three on the TV? Because you see, I just love on demand. And do you know what? That's what we expect of God, of God being an on-demand kind of God. On-demand God is the God who responds to fair and selfless requests the way that we would. So when we pray, so that sounds, Netflix God is really, really appealing. I prayed to God and God answered my prayer. Woo, happy days. My on-demand God has delivered. So when we have a request or a difficulty or a need, that Netflix or on-demand God will always respond to those things. And then we pray and it doesn't happen. I wonder how many of us, our faith has been shaken when we've prayed for something and God doesn't act on demand. And so we left feeling, he's always going to let me down. Because Netflix God, that's what we've been trusting in. This is what goes on in our mind. If God is personal then when I need something or want something, God should do what I need and God should do what I want. But that isn't our experience. And we asked for an answer and we heard nothing. We asked for a sign, maybe, and we got nothing. We asked for a miracle and we received nothing. Therefore, God is not worth believing in because they say that he answers prayer, but he hasn't answered my prayer. Can I just say that if you believe in Netflix, On Demand God... He is a fake God, a false God. Stop believing in Netflix God. When we were younger, maybe we were led to believe that God always responded in the way that we would want. It is just not true. God is not a Netflix on-demand God. He doesn't exist. That's number two. Number three, you could have girlfriend God on this one. It's boyfriend God or girlfriend God. Do you remember when you were at high school And you saw someone and you fell in love with them and you wrote the note that you gave to a friend to pass on to them to say, will you go out with me? And all of a sudden, the world is glorious because you are in love. And you spot them across the classroom and you smile at them and you meet at break time and you hold hands and you go behind the bike sheds and snog. Uh, And I tell you, your whole world is turned upside. I tell you, it feels so, so good. And then after a few days or weeks, the feeling disappears. And so you write another note to give to your friend to pass on to him or to her to say that, not feeling it anymore, we're over, we're done. Yeah? Was it only me? (laughs) I wrote so many bloomin' notes. In fact, no, I received so many bloomin' notes, actually. uh, That was my situation. (laughs) So it's great while it felt good, and when he stopped feeling it, that's the end of it. I'll tell you, we are led to, a lot of the songs actually don't help with this, because we're led to the God, we want to feel you, we want to experience you, we want to have more of you. In other words, we want to feel something. And the danger is, is that when we don't feel his presence, he might not be present, so who believes in the God that you can't feel anymore? Says who? Do you know what? If you are thinking of quitting God because you're seeing other people around you when the songs are going on and their arms are in the air and you just say, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. I don't think this is for me. I'm not feeling it. I tell you, that is not, well, that is the reason is because you're, you're seeing God as a boyfriend or a girlfriend God. It's all about the feeling. Not feeling something is not proof that something doesn't exist. In fact, the opposite is true. Did you know that you are least aware of things that are most constant? You are. So when you're sitting in a room and the temperature's perfect, you never turn to the person next to you and say, isn't the temperature perfect here? You don't, do you? Because it's constant, it's what it should be. You only say it if it's too hot or it's too cold. Have you ever sat there in your living room and just turned to the person next to you and say, isn't the sound level perfect? No, you see, you're either, you only notice it if you can't quite hear it, so you say, can you turn it up? That's me. Or, or, or um, uh, if it's too loud, can you just take it down a bit? Because the constant, when it's right, you don't even notice it. If you know someone who stepped away from faith because they relied on the boyfriend God, it's a good thing that they've given up on that God because that God does not exist. Two more. Next one. Guilt God. Guilt God. Churches, over time, have been brilliant at communicating guilt God. Did you know that you're a worm? You're a worm and a sinner and you're not worth anything but it's only because of Jesus. And the guilt is just piled on. And so we are controlled through guilt and fear. Maybe you knew someone who stepped away because they just got tired of feeling guilty all the time. That God that you were led to believe in was a you-must-do-this kind of God and you-must-never-do-that kind of God. That's the God that that, um, is guilt God. Guilt God sucks the joy out of life because if it's fun to do it, no, no. Definitely not. If it involves sex, no, 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 no. Definitely not. Because guilt God just wants to keep you in fear. You may have been led to believe that whilst God loves you, he actually doesn't really like you. He just has to put up with you. But because he's loving, somehow we, we have to kind of accept that. We are never good enough. And so therefore guilt lays heavy on us and it's really hard to escape. I tell you, if you've ever escaped the guilt God, well done. Because that God is a fake God. God's intention is never to make us wallow in guilt. This is a fake God. If you've been living in fear of a uh, a guilt God, it's a fake God. Give it up. The last one, very quickly, is the anti-science God. This is where the church has done such a terrible job. Because at one point or another, you've been set with a tension of undeniable facts that science produces and unreliable religion when it comes to answers. So when Galileo and Copernicus discovered the earth was round and that it orbited the sun, where did the biggest opposition come from? The church. The church. Why? Because the Bible didn't say that. It spoke of the sun rising, of making its way across the sky. So of course, if you're going to believe the Bible, you can't believe the scientists. Yeah? Do you follow that? I mean, we now think that's crazy. But, but that, was, that was the thinking of the time. And so when tension rose for you, and maybe when you were at school, uh, and you got to the point of, uh, they were talking about the big Bang theory and, and evolution, um, suddenly you were in this tension. Well, my church says that it was six days. Uh, that God created, and they're talking about millions of years. Which one do I go with? And if you speak to people in the church, they say, well, just quit thinking and start believing. That's what you have to do. Quit thinking and just start believing. Richard Dawkins put it this way. He says, one of the truly bad effects of religion is that it teaches us that it is a virtue to be satisfied with not understanding. Do you know what? I'm against that kind of religion as well. So let's be consistent. When my son Sam was ill, where did I take him? To the church or to the doctors? I'll tell you. To the doctors. Okay. (laughs) I took him to the doctors. You might have wondered at that point. Okay. You see, I wanted a scientific explanation to the situation. I didn't want a faith-based answer to fact-based questions. So I ring up the doctor and the doctor says, well, yep, Sam's got um, a certain virus which is causing these symptoms. I say, so what do we need to do? And he says, well, you need to pray harder. And perhaps God is trying to teach him something. Now, if my doctor said that to me, I would move doctors. Because I am not wanting a theological answer. I'm wanting a scientific answer. Do you know what? As we go through Sunday school, we're teaching kids at an appropriate level, at an appropriate um, stage, um, what the Bible teaches. And so when they're children, it's very simple. But our faith has to grow from that simple start. Our little kids are covering creation um, today, okay? Okay? covering. Do you know what? If we still consider creation in the way that we did when we were three and four, it's not going to stand up. It's not going to stand up. We were taught in Sunday school of two humans and a talking snake right at the start. We talked of a global flood and of an ark and of two animals of every kind. And I'm not suggesting that you don't believe that, But if you're made to choose between that and scientific discovery, your anti-science God is always going to lose, and rightly so, because God is not anti-science. God isn't anti-science. That God doesn't exist. And we should never pit science against faith. The more we understand of science, honestly, the more it reveals us about God himself. So every time they produce some more evidence of how something happened, our response shouldn't be, well, what does the Bible say? And let's have a quick look to see whether it matches up. It should be, ah, so that's how he did it. Honestly. So these gods, bodyguard god, Netflix god, boyfriend god, guilt god, anti-science god, they are, I promise you, they are all fake gods. And despite many of us and the people we know... um, who have believed in them and then have turned away from faith. Paul says this. He says, we will look for things that our ears are itchy to hear. I would love a bodyguard, God. Wouldn't you? I'd love a Netflix on demand, God. I would. But when we trade truth for myth, when that myth breaks down, we just walk away from all truth and we shouldn't do that. So if that's you, if that's you watching online, Or it's someone that you know. I just want to say at the start of 2019, stop believing in the fake gods. But if you're curious and you want to find out about the God who is not fake. If you want to commit to discovering the God that Jesus believed in. Over these next three weeks, we are going to be discovering just that. So can I implore you to make your next step of being here over these next three weeks. Because I think these next three weeks are going to be important weeks for us as we discover whether there is a God that we should stake our life on and commit our lives to. Let me pray. God, we recognize that um, at times we get a very distorted picture of who you are. uh, And our, our thinking of who you are gets shaped by what we want And Lord, for anyone here who has perhaps got that questioning time right now as to whether they should carry on attending church, whether they should believe in you or not, Lord, I pray that over these next three, four weeks, it would be pivotal for us to understand who the one true God really is so that we can make our decision based on the truth rather than fake news and fake gods. In Jesus' name, amen.